Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance on a morning in which our cup absolutely runneth over every sport in action. We got them all covered. Plus, you're going to want to do what I did last night. All that more, let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. Our one place to start is a delight today. Take a look at who's been good enough to stick around after we wrapped up Get Up this morning. Chris Canty is here in advance of his radio show later today. And my buddy Tim Legler is back on the morning after the start of the NBA season. I'm told there's a story he has to share that we all need to hear. The one place to start is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The main place I want to start with, Canty, is Chris, we just did two hours of television in which you did not get one second to celebrate your Yankees. Hello! Getting out of that dogfight they just had with the Cleveland Guardians and now going on to face their arch nemesis in Houston. Yeah, I don't feel great about that. And I'm not one of the Yankees fans that wouldn't have it any other way, G. I want the easiest path possible to Mm -hmm. a championship. And clearly that's not going to be the case with going up against the Astros. You and everyone else but Hembo. Legs, let me catch up on what you missed with relation to that. You know Hembo. Everybody, and I don't think Tim's microphone is on. Can we just make sure that's working there? No, that you can't control that. Someone come out and do that. Don't worry about the TV part. Just get Legs' microphone on, please. So... What you do better? That, but that's his though. I'm so just come on out here and do it. Just run go. in and do it. Don't worry about what it looks like. So so here we go, legs. So Hembo, who is everybody's favorite person at ESPN because he makes everybody sound smart. Hembo said that every Yankee fan should be rooting for the Yankees to play the Astros because that is their arch rival because of what the Astros did to them in seventeen and everything else, and that it is quote unquote soft. If you were not rooting for them to play them rather than anyone else they might have played who would have unquestionably been easier to beat. And Hemba was justifiably destroyed by literally everyone for that take. What do you think of it? No, it's still not working. So, guys, just fix it. I mean, don't don't worry about what it looks like. Someone fix it. Can you please give him the mic? What what are your thoughts? I can't control everything out here, Greeny. Uh, No. You take the path of least resistance. I do not care. Um, forget that. Listen, it doesn't make it sweeter. Yeah, it would make it sweeter in the end. But if it means I have a better chance of winning, I'd like to avoid the better team if I can. And so would everyone. I mean, candidly, every sane, rational person would react that way, except for Hembo, who has proven himself to be neither sane nor rational. Frankly, his favorite dessert is sliced tomatoes with sugar on them. <laughs> I actually had that as a kid growing up. I haven't had that in a long, long time, but I definitely wouldn't call it my favorite dessert. Uh, Chris Canty, if you would give but him edible. that. He, 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 his justification of it was, well, it is a fruit, which is really not justification of anything. So, I mean, he, he's, he's insane. No, I mean, tomatoes are not a dessert. It's, it's a snack. I, I don't understand. I don't care that it's a fruit, Embo. Okay, they use it to make ketchup. It's not a dessert. Stop yourself. It's a lot of things. It is most certainly not a dessert. No. It, it is much closer to a salad than it is to a dessert. Agreed. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you will love, visit progressive.com slash careers. You know, something that we only barely touched on on the TV show today is something I wanted to get your thought on, Chris Canty, because I know you and Dominique and Kimberly were really itching to get into it, and, and Michael Wilbon commented on the, the thing with Dan Snyder, and um, yesterday, for those who did not see it, felt like a very important day, potentially a monumental day in NFL history. It was the first time in my recollection 
that an NFL owner, and in this case it was Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, he's owned that team his entire life, his father was the owner, came out and said, gave credence to the idea that the owners need to move Dan Snyder out from his position of ownership at Washington because the things that are coming out of there are not what the NFL stands for. And that's quite the statement for an an NFL owner to make. And this coming on the heels of these reports that Snyder is reportedly gathering information, dirt Mm -hmm. on the other guys in case they try to take him down. You were itching to say something about it. I'll give you the floor. Yeah, I'm skeptical when it comes to the NFL trying to stand on some high ground and saying that we need to remove Dan Snyder because of the things that are coming out with the investigation into the workplace practices, sexual harassment, the misogyny, all of those different things. But what I do think has some teeth is how Dan Snyder has handled himself and how the public perception in the DMV area um, has impacted the Washington Commanders and the NFL being able to continue to do business in that market. Greeny, they can't get public support to build a brand new stadium. That is a problem. There was also the issue of revenue sharing where the Washington commanders didn't disclose all the revenue to the NFL that's supposed to be shared among the 30 30 other owners. So that presents a problem in terms of them being able to conduct business as usual. And I think that's the thing that pushes them closer to removing Dan Snyder. Tim Legler, and we may have to give him back the microphone, but Tim, you you are a lifelong fan of that team. And, you know, look, you don't know the details any better than anyone else does, but just from a, if you could speak on behalf of the fan, I know so many fans of that team that are really hopeful this will finally happen. Absolutely. And I can tell you this season ticket holder in my family since the sixties, I've had my own seats now as an adult for a long time. I can't begin to describe how bad the environment is going to those games week after week. I have people I grew up with that were diehards like me. And I mean, I live it, man. I breathe. That's the one team I love, the one franchise I love, that flat out refused to even watch the games until he sells the team. That's the, the mentality around the fan base associated with it. So when you, when you hear it and you think about the potential and the hope, if that were to happen – of maybe starting to get this thing revived because most people don't believe you have a chance to revive the franchise until that would happen, until it is no longer under his control. And that's how most people that support that franchise feel. It is a unique situation. And again, Jim Mersey is an interesting choice. And, and for anyone who didn't see it yesterday, this was not done off the cuff. Those owners were all in a room. The door opened. Jim Irsay walked out. He walked directly to a bank of cameras and microphones that were there at the Conrad Hotel right down here, just a few blocks from where we are currently sitting, and, and made those statements intentionally. So that, that was a point the owners were looking to make yesterday. They made it. We'll see what winds up happening. I'm Greeny. It's time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free so you can drive with peace of mind. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Let me ask one more football question to you, Canty, and then we got to get this story from Legler. I, I've never seen a fan base more confused about what they themselves should think of their team than the fans of the New York Giants. I got the Giants are five and one. 
The one game they lost was to the Cowboys, who were very good, and they had the lead in the fourth quarter of that game. Mm-hmm. The Giants have been terrific, and yet I, got, I, I live here in New York. I walk around the streets. I got Giant fans walking up to me all the time. And it is not flexing. It is, it is really a lot of, Greeny, are we really good? <laughs> like, like, no one, they can't make up their own minds what they are. They're 5-1. and one. Canty, what are they? The New York Giants are a good football team. And that's the quarterback issues aside. I know Daniel Jones hasn't gotten in the way like he has in the past. He's protecting the football a little better. And that's all they need because this team plays really, really good defense, situationally on third down and red zone in particular. And then offensively, they have an identity that's built on Saquon Barkley and being able to run the football. And Greeny, another thing that we got to talk about with this Giants team, how good that offensive line is playing, in particular Andrew Thomas. Through the first six weeks of the season, the highest rated offensive tackle in all of football. They've got an identity. They're well coached. And Greeny, you don't overcome back-to-back double-digit deficits in the second half with one of those games being in London unless you are well coached. I think that is the biggest difference in this team. Brian Dayball has them believing, and they execute. There's attention to detail, and that couldn't be said in the Joe Judge era of things, the Pat Shermer era of things nor the Ben McAdoo era thing. So there is a shift in Giants football. They found their head coach. Quarterback and the running back, we'll see what happens with their future. But they got their head coach. It's a fascinating dynamic. Okay, so one more piece of business. I'm actually told that Legs Mike should work now. So let's see, try that How one. How are we doing? Okay, that one right, works. There we go. Whatever it is we have done, it has All been right. fixed. What a team so, player, by the way. Look at this over here. That's Canty ultimate team sport. Handing it off very well, but we have to finish. Canty, I, I have been, Hembo came over to me. Because the plan originally was we were going to do a lot of baseball here, Canty, with you, and Hembo was going to be sitting in that yes. seat. And he came over to me and said, you have to hear the story of Tim Legler's flight here to New York. I don't know what it is, but he has sold it to me. Legs, go. I was involved in a situation yesterday that ended up being a national news story, and I was unaware that it would get that big at the time. I was sitting on a flight from a United flight from Tampa to Newark yesterday to fly up here. As I'm sitting there, just before wheels touch down in Newark, I'm sitting in row three on the aisle, sitting across the aisle on the window seat, so basically two passengers over. A passenger, a man, says, oh, my God, what was that? And, of course, everybody turns and looks, and a flight attendant says, what's wrong? He said, I'm pretty sure I just saw a snake slither by my foot. And I thought, skeptically, he probably saw a mouse, right? It can't be a snake. 100% saw a snake, proceeded to get asked, how big was the snake? Where is this snake? He said, I only saw the back end, but it was definitely more than a foot, the part that I saw. I don't know what was on the front end of that thing, but it went right past me, and I don't know where it is. So now you had 20 people sitting up in that part of the plane, literally pulling their feet up onto their seats, sitting like like catcher position on their seats while the plane taxied to the gate to depart, to disembark this, this the aircraft. And I'm sitting there, and I listen, I'm as scared of snakes as anybody, but I wasn't that freaked out. I'm thinking, nah, it's over there. It's probably curled up in the corner somewhere. I'm about to get off this flight. I'm good until I looked down and realized every single compartment on my backpack was wide open. Oh, laying on the ground. <laughs> Laying on the ground. And all I could think of was, I am going to have some surprise when I unpack this backpack at the hotel in Seaport. Because he could be in my backpack right now. And I didn't see a service vest on him, so it wasn't a therapy animal. Right? This thing, this thing. by the way, they ran out of the, like, the, chicken, the chicken meal I was going to get. They didn't have that, but I did have a reptile slithering amongst my feet on this flight, United flight. So 20 people on their seats 
waiting to run, literally run off this flight, while the flight attendants try to keep it from the rest of the passengers finding out about this. And I found out later, the next flight took 30 minutes later to board while they had to search this aircraft to locate the snake that was on the plane, and they did find it. And they got it off the plane in Newark. Did you ever find out anything about the snake? Like how yeah. big it actually You know, we didn't get a chance to talk much, Greeny, so I didn't know. We didn't get a chance to, like, I don't know, his cell number? Like, I don't know what you mean by that. How big was it? I, we don't know. I didn't get all the details on how big this thing was. Apparently, it was a garter snake. I'm not a snake expert. I don't know what that means. But listen, people sneak exotic animals on flights all the time. So it started to hit me later, like... This thing could have been poisonous. Who knows? And how did it get on the plane? That's the yes, part. That's, how, how, how does this thing get on the plane? On a plane? That's what I don't understand. That's like a movie, right? I mean, it is a movie. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like that happens in movies. I heard a lot of those jokes from people getting off. I heard other people not in, in quite as friendly a mood. And I heard a guy that was in, up there from Australia saying that he thought he lived in a crazy country. You know, and and he he basically imparted that because we have snakes all over the place there. But I've never been on a plane with a snake before. And then and now it's all over the place. It's the head story in the Washington Post today is about this flight with a snake on it. And I was not only on the flight, I was sitting in the same row that this snake decided to uh, make itself known. Snake on. Plane. Not the kind of publicity United wanted. Oh, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, Newark authorities remove snake from a plane. That is, I, I, news of this, although it sounds like a Hollywood plot, authorities didn't need help from Samuel L. Jackson when an airline passenger found a snake underfoot during a flight into, into Newark. Nobody was injured. Thank goodness for that. Oh, my God. See, I don't like snakes. Um, yeah. For a, Who I, does? I mean, most people don't. Yeah. Who does? I don't like anything that can move without feet. Like, I don't yes. understand. <laughs> yes. How does yes. it get from here to that? Like, I don't understand it. No, I'm with you. That's why I don't like to go snorkeling. I don't like being in their domain, that dirty and moving around without feet. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Snakes freak me out bad. If my wife had been with me on that flight, there is no question she would have gone into straight hyperventilation mode if she even knew that it was, even if it was nowhere near us, much less right there in the same row that I was sitting in. I, it says here, the common garter snake is found in every Florida county is not venomous or aggressive toward humans. The snakes, which are typically between 18 and 26 inches long, um, will tend to avoid direct contact with humans or pets and only bite if, quote, intentionally molested. Well, that seems good. Well, and listen, right? by the way, right? by the way, not not aggressive until it finds out that, that like most of us, its bags didn't make it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you want to talk about changing your tone real fast. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> My connection is how long? All right, guys, you're the best. Legless, that's a horrible story. I mean, I, abs- I, mean, I hate I'm that scarred. story. I'm scarred. But I love that you told the Canty, you're the best, and we'll hear you and Chris, Chris and Chris, a little later coming up today here on ESPN Radio. Coming up, again, more on what is the biggest story in the NFL by far. Plus, I need to tell you about what I did last night because you're going to want to do it too. I promise. That's coming up as we continue. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? You need to hear this. So uh, Jim Irsay uh, is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. He has been all of his life. His father owned the Baltimore Colts. He moved them to Indianapolis. Um, So Jim Irsay has been in the National Football League literally all of his life. And at the owners' meetings yesterday at the Conrad Hotel, which is right down here a few blocks from where I'm sitting, the doors opened to the room where the owners all were. Jim Orsay walked deliberately, directly up to a bank of microphones and cameras. He, he wasn't, it wasn't like people were yelling, oh, Jim, can you stop for a minute? He walked right over there with something to say, and this is what he said. I believe that there's merit to remove him as owner of the Redskins. Some of the things I've heard, it doesn't represent us at all. And, you know, I want the American public and the world to know what we're about as owners. I believe... It's in the best interest of the National Football League um, that we look it squarely in the eye and deal with it. So that's something else. Obviously, the team is no longer called that. But you understand the point that he is making. This is one of the owners coming out. Now, there are very serious issues involved here. This involves a workplace culture that's toxic, or allegedly. And this involves um, other charges here of revenue sharing um, Uh, fraud, and other things like that. So there are very, very serious issues at play. And we'll see where they go. The part of it, however, that from a spectator is fascinating is you're aware of the dynamic at play here, that there were these reports from extremely credible people, our Seth Wickersham and Don Van Natta, best people we've got, that Dan Snyder has been busy collecting dirt on the other owners and on Roger Goodell. And that sets up a, a really interesting little stare down here. Here's Jim Ursay. Now, this is a person, if you know his history, he has a long and, and well-documented history of issues. Um, and thus, some people were saying, look, you send the one guy out there who there's no digging up dirt on him. All the dirt is already public. And you let him go out and be the one saying it. But then at the end of the day, they need 24 votes to get that guy out of the league. And let's see if they have the willingness to do it, to take it on and take the risk of whatever it is Dan Snyder might or might not know. Because I think that there are people who believe that Snyder is the kind of person 
Well, if he's going to go down, he's going to take everybody else down with him. I don't know him. I can't say that myself. But that is certainly what people are speculating. And so from a – these are incredibly famous, powerful, insanely wealthy people that we're talking about. And we have a power struggle here, the likes of which I can't recall ever seeing in that league. So what do you think is likelier? That Jim Irsay is speaking for himself or speaking on behalf of 30 other people? I think it's almost impossible to imagine that he just took it upon himself to do that yesterday. Mm. I, I, I think if he had been uh, sort of, if, if Dan Graziano had sort of run, you know, with a camera, had run him down in the lobby and said, you know, thrown a microphone in his face and said, you know, what'd you guys talk about? What do you think? That's why I continue to say how purposefully he walked over to make these statements. That was done intentionally. And that leads me to believe he did not just do it himself. At minimum, that everyone knew he was going to do it. Whether he is actually speaking for the rest of them or not, I don't know. There are also reports of a testy exchange between Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft, who are, I think, maybe the two most powerful people in the National Football League. So um, interesting times in the NFL. But if they are clearing the decks to get this guy out, and that's how this ends, it could get very messy along the way. And I will say this, too. I think there is an expectation that Jeff Bezos, who is the founder of Amazon, um, and, and we all know about the deal he has with the NFL now, and the games are on Amazon on Thursday nights, and I don't know how that would be impacted by this, but there has long been speculation that Bezos wants into the NFL. And I will tell you right now, it would not surprise me if he paid $10 billion for that team. It would not. That's where this is going. The value of National Football League teams is going to skyrocket into the future. What do you think, Jerry Jones? People speculate the value, the value of the Dallas Cowboys is $5 billion. Are you kidding me? You think he would sell that for $5 billion with new TV deals coming up? The Amazon thing works. Do you know how much money? All they needed was to make sure that the technology worked. Do you know how much money there is out there between Amazon and Google and Apple and Anyone else I'm forgetting who might get involved in this? Not to mention the Walt Disney Company, which owns ESPN and ABC, and obviously everyone at all the other networks. This, this is a business that is going to go to the moon. Uh, Jeff Bezos well, is actually literally a person who could go to the moon and, and also is a person to whom $10 billion is a rounding error. I would, not, I, I, I would put the over-under at that at what that team will sell for if he sells it. Jeff Bezos is worth $140 billion. If you add up the, I guess, the aggregated net worth, if you will, of all 32 NFL teams, it's $132 billion. Jeff Bezos is worth more than all 32 NFL teams according to their valuations. That's the point. So he could buy this for anything he wants, and it'll wind up being a good investment, not a bad one. Jeff Bezos knows better than anybody how much money is going to get paid for the streaming rights to these games because he's the one doing it. So that's where this is all headed. Um, But the football fan is saying, look, I don't really, none of that is really my business. I don't care about any of that. Can we make that team much, 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 much better? I think the fans in Washington are dying to see it happen. We'll see if it does. You know, there are so many podcasts out right now. It takes a team of people to put them together. Whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business, one place makes that easy, and that is ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light with Greeny. 
one. I'm, I'm going to give the green light to Hembo in a minute here as we bring in the assembled members of the Hashtag Crew. You've heard from Hembo. Nuno is here. He's happy. He's a Yankee fan. Bubba is here. He's sad. He's a Met fan. He hates the Yankees. But the Yankees do indeed advance past the Guardians, and they go on to play their nemesis, the Houston Astros. And it was Hembo who had the ridiculous position that the Yankee fans should have been hoping this would happen all along. But Hembo has proved himself to be a troll. You are a troll. You are a classic troll. How so? So as the Yankees, as the final pitch was being thrown yesterday at Yankee Stadium, that game ended, I don't know, uh, 8 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock last night. Game comes to an end. The Yankees are running out onto the field to celebrate. They're going to jump up and down for a while, take a picture, drink some champagne, and then jump on a plane to Houston. As the game ended, what did you post on your Twitter feed? I posted the video of Jose Altuve hitting a walk-off home run to clinch the 2019 ALCS against the Yankees and the incredulous reaction of Aroldis Chapman on the mound after doing so. Was this before or after Jose Altuve wanted to make sure no one ripped off his shirt so that you wouldn't see the the badly shaped tattoo that he was concerned about? That was the exact same play. That was that play. Mm -hmm. Just clarifying, you tweeted a moment. You, who bleed baseball, tweeted a moment in which a player quite obviously cheated to win a playoff series in historical fashion. And in the moment in which the team that was defeated in that game won a playoff series and to set up a rematch, you posted that video. It's correct. And it is easy to forget the timeline of all of this because the Yankees and Astros have met twice. It was 2017 in the playoffs, right? That was the, you know, trash can banging series. Correct. And in 2019, it was the Jose Altuve as he wearing a buzzer tattoo series. So there's a lot at stake in this match. Nuno, what is your reaction to the troll that is Hembo? I mean, Hembo is a complete and utter fraud, right? He acts like this baseball purist. And what has he done the last couple of days? He celebrated uh, a Philly just slamming a bat to the ground Mm -hmm. because we know how he feels about bat flips. Mm -hmm. And he's celebrating to get a reaction out of people. Altuve stealing and just ruining, you know, ruining the game that he quote unquote loves. And I think what's happening here, uh, like, it's just becoming, he's becoming too much. I think he's truly becoming too much. Well, he's a troll. Yes. I mean, what, what has happened is that Hembo has proven himself to be that which he generally always despises. And if you need further proof of that, Hembo, what is your prediction for the upcoming American League Championship Series? Oh, the Yankees are going to lose via sweep, which is exactly why I'm currently holding a broom if you're watching on the ESPN app. For those of you watching on the ESPN app, Hembo has a trash can to bang on, and he has a broom with which he is planning to see the Yankees get swept. Bubba, what is your reaction to all of this? <sighs> I mean, it's just it's just too much. We so we got to do something about them. But uh, what you know? I mean, I cannot. We have to harness. See, what I've done a brilliant job of is that Hembo has this. He brings to the table this extraordinarily important skill. He is as good with the research as literally anyone that I've ever been around, and I've been in the business thirty years. And what I've done a, a brilliant job of now for the seven years that he has been at my right hand is that I have managed to harness that. For good and not evil. Right. But we are now seeing what happens when this gets away from us, and it is getting away from us, that Hembo has now become a villain. You have turned yourself, you realize you have turned yourself into that which you yourself, I believe, detest. So this is what, what I think is happening here. Like, I just can't handle prosperity. As a lifelong Philadelphia fan right now, to see the Eagles at 6-0, and the best team in the NFL, to see the, the upstart Phillies three games away from the World Series, to see James Harden 
having eaten salads all summer. <laughs> the Flyers are winning games. Like right now, I'm your friend who like, doesn't have a girlfriend his whole life, gets one, and then immediately be, uh, believes himself to be the best guy in the world. Like right. that is me at the moment. That, I, I think that's a pretty accurate description. By the way, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio, and you can catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Let me ask you a question. Is, is your wife as disgusted by you as everyone else here is? Because she's a good sports fan. You just had twins, mm-hmm. let me remind you. So, I mean, you just became a father. The other day, Chris Carlin walks up to him and says, hey, congratulations, because he hasn't seen him since the twins are born. And Hembo immediately says, yeah, I can't believe that we're 6-0. That was bad. That was his reaction. The first thing he thought of upon hearing congratulations, what are we still, about a month and a half removed from the birth of these yeah, twins? seven weeks. Seven weeks. This is fresh. People are going to be congratulating you on the birth of these children for a very long time. Yeah. They don't mean the Eagles. <laughs> they don't mean the Phillies. They mean Michelle and the other one. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's a troll, and it, frankly, it's gotten to be a lot. And, and if you weren't with us yesterday... Nuno brings up a really important point because it's one thing to troll the Yankees. You don't like the Yankees, and that's fine. However, what is much worse is that Hembo was at the forefront of the anti-Jose Bautista bat flip movement, and it was a movement when that happened. What year was that when in that playoff game he hit the bat flip? What year was that? That was like 2016, so right? So six years ago. Hembo was at the forefront of that movement. The offended people of America society... Hembo was their president. And now Reese Hoskins, Gronk spikes a bat during a Phillies playoff game. And because it's his team, Hembo suddenly loves it. Can we just, can we just call time out for one second? Please. What happened to Jose Bautista the next year, the next time that he met the Rangers? The team that he bat, that he bat flipped against in the playoffs. They, Remember they, what happened? Yeah. They, they, was that when the he punching? Got punched in the face. He got punched, he got punched, in, the punched face. in the face by Rugnet Odor. I was right. Yes. I was right. No, you were not right. Rugnet Odor was not right. You were wrong to think that Jose Bautista did something wrong, and the powers that be in Major League Baseball historically have that entirely wrong. They are the anti-fun police. Mm-hmm. People say the NFL is the no-fun league. Baseball is actually that. Jose Bautista flipping a bat is fun. Reese Hoskins slamming a bat is fun. The issue here is that you were against it and are no longer. That's why Nuno accurately calls you a fraud. And I'll tell you what. What Josh Naylor did in Game 4, the Rock the Baby nonsense, he, what happened yesterday at Yankee Stadium with 40,000 people chanting that at him, that was the exact right thing to do. Good on you, Yankee fan. Okay, fair enough. Rock the yes. Baby. Oh, yeah, you're going to make a lot of friends among Yankee fans over the course of the next week or so. <laughs> right, we will have more on the baseball as we continue. But coming up, I need to tell you about what I did last night because you are going to want to do it too. Greeny, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So I have been saying all morning long that you are going to want to do what I did last night. And no one is paying me to say this. I want to make it very clear. This is not an advertisement. This is not a product that I represent or that I work for. This was something on Netflix. But what I did last night was I watched the documentary film, The Redeem Team, 
which is about the 2008 Olympic team. Nuno and Bubba, make sure you gather around close because you're going to want to hear about this. So the film is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, most people probably remember the set of circumstances here, but we had lost sending the, for the first time ever that we had pros, we lost in 2004 on a t- in, in the Olympics on a team that had Allen Iverson and Stefan Marbury it was coached by Larry Brown. They all hated each other. It was a terrible, and they do an unbelievable job of showing you just how bad it was. Much like Last Dance, there's all of this footage that you've never seen before because it was like all the practice stuff and meetings, and it's terrific. And then it goes through the entire process of how they hired Jerry Colangelo to take over U.S. basketball, and then he hires Krzyzewski, and then they go about recruiting all these players. And, and, and uh, spoiler alert, they eventually win the gold medal in 2008, and that they were called the Redeem Team. So that, that's the basic story of the movie. And it's very, very good. If you, like, if you liked Last Dance, you'll like it. So the movie is terrific. But what makes it incredibly special is that it is a glimpse at Kobe Bryant unlike anything I've ever seen. And I will admit there were moments in it that choked me up. The thought of what subsequently happened, and it's, it's not covered in the film or anything, because uh, it just, it's just that four-year stretch of time. But um, it, it's difficult to watch at times. Like it, I will, uh, I, I, in the film, I, I, at times I got so caught up in what I was seeing that I was able to put out of my mind the horrendous tragedy that ensued. So anyway, I recommend the film highly. It's really, really good. But I want to tell one story from it because we've talked a lot about leadership in sports, that's been a constant source of uh, and topic of conversation amongst all sports fans, and in particular in the context of Tom Brady this year. Brady has always been the consummate leader, and how does he do it? Sometimes vocally, but it doesn't have to be vocally. It's in being the first one in. It's in being the last one out. It's in working harder than anybody else. It's in setting that example as the best player. When your superstar does that stuff, then everyone else, without having to be told to, follows. So I'm going to ruin one story for you from the film. There are so many, I promise you, I'm not ruining the film for you. But Nuno and, and Bubba, you're going to love this. Carlos Boozer tells a story that the entire team gets together for the first time in Vegas. And all of them, the first night, go out to a club, except for Kobe Bryant. Kobe doesn't go. The rest of them, it's LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, um, Chris Paul, uh, 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 Carlos Boozer, Michael Red is on the team. Uh, the, the, I mean, it's, it's one NBA superstar after another, and they all go to a club in Vegas, Carmelo Anthony, and they come in at about 5 in the morning, and as they're walking in the hotel, Kobe Bryant is walking through the lobby with a gym bag and sneakers in his hands. And they're like, Kobe, wh- where are you going? He said, I'm going down to the gym to work out. He's going down to the gym to work out when these guys are rolling in for a, from a club. And they all go up to sleep. And LeBron tells the story in the elevator. They're all like, did you just see that? The next day, LeBron and Dwayne Wade are in the gym with Kobe at 5.30 in the morning. By the end of the first week, every player on the team is in the gym on Kobe's schedule. Kobe didn't say a word to any of them. He just did it. And all of them said, if that guy's doing it, then that's what it takes. And when I tell you, I'm, 
I'm doing the best I can to do this story justice. When you hear these guys tell it and you see it, you actually see it. A young Kobe, 30 years old. It, I can, I mean, I had the chills. I turned to Stacey and I said, I need to pause this for a minute. Like I need to recover from that story before we can go on watching. And again, at some point, the tragedy of what ensues overcomes me. And, 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 and I, I really, I was left feeling a little bit sad after the film, but it, it really is a terrific movie. But I wanted to tell that story in the context of Brady because Brady has always been that guy. And so if suddenly at the age of 45, and again, to some degree, understandably, he is a person with a lot of things going on in his life that he is recognizing are more important now than football. But he's not in the gym at 5.30 in the morning so that all the other players are like, oh, we have to go do that. See, it's not about what he says. It's about what he does. And in this case now, what he doesn't do. So is there anything wrong with him going to Robert Kraft's wedding on a Friday? Probably not. But it isn't what made him him. And so the other players will see that, and suddenly they're not going to be in the gym. I'm going to sleep in. Tom's not in the gym at 5.30 in the morning. I'm not going to be there. So I thought that was a fascinating glimpse into what made that man so great and into what leadership in sports really looks like and feels like. So I wanted to share that story. Again, no one's giving me anything to say this. I really recommend the film. Be back in just a minute on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 